guys are awesome. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, guys. Y'all can be seated. Man, I'm telling you, I cry a lot anyways. This is about to kill me this morning. Y'all are killing me. Well, we've got a great morning in store for us. Today, we've got a group together right here in this middle section. If you're a former staff, management team, and leaders at North Star, would y'all all stand? Would you guys welcome back a lot of our team here at North Star? It's so good. See them all over the room. We would not be here. I'm gonna talk more about them in a few minutes. But I've got some folks who are gonna join me up on the stage that you might remember. They're in a lot of the old pictures. They look a little different now, but they're still kicking hard. Would y'all give a great round of applause to our founding pastor and my pastor growing up, Dr. Ike Reichard. Would y'all welcome Ike up this morning? Would you welcome up Marlon Longacre, our community pastor, and Cynthia Cullen, our former worship leader. Would y'all let them know how thankful you are for them this morning? Mm, Thank you for bringing me tissues, Cynthia. I appreciate that. Well, we got a little surprise before we get going with our interview this morning. Got a little video made for you guys. Check this out. I want to start off by thanking someone very special, Ike Reichard. We truly would not be here without you. You have fought for this place, you have never given up on this dream, and you mentored my dad to become an incredible senior pastor. You have loved us so well, and we love you so much, and we are so glad you're here today. To my dad, thank you for your unwavering faith. Um, You have fought for this place so well, and every single person that has walked through these doors, you have loved our family exceptionally well, and you have loved this church so well. I would not be here without you, and I am so proud to be your daughter. In 25 years, God has done a lot and brought us together probably more than you even know. 25 years ago, I wasn't even alive yet, but I called North Star home for most of my life. In March of 1997, I was born and I was immediately brought in to the North Star family and it became my second home. It was my happy place, it was my place to run free, and it was the place I felt the most safe. And it's because of you that I felt so seen and so loved. Because of your faithfulness, I have never doubted that Jesus loves me and I am now in full-time ministry. Do you know how rare that is? 40% of pastor's kids have gone through a significant time in their life where they have doubted their faith. 33% of pastor's kids no longer actively serve in the church. And 7% of pastor's kids do not even call themselves Christians anymore. I sit here so thankful for the home I will always have in North Star Church. My brother Casey and I are both now in full-time ministry and that is because of you. That is because of how you have loved us, how you have prayed for us and been so loyal to our family. Even though you only see a little glimpse, we would truly not be here without you. 
As I look back on the past of North Star, I look at all the people that helped start this church. People like Cynthia and Marlon and so many others who were unable to be here today. They are the foundation of where North Star is right now. Yes, that group of people who met in the Days In Conference Room, North Cobb High School and Vaughn Elementary, they are the pioneers of North Star and many of them are still serving today. They were the first worship pastors, community directors, children's pastors, student pastors, janitors, executive pastors, volunteers, and tech team. They were the hands and feet of North Star, the hands and feet of Jesus. And I pray that this church never forgets its roots. Without the people that were faithful in the beginning, in the mundane, in the days where they felt the most defeat, North Star would not be the place it is now. In the last 25 years, we've seen over 2,500 people in our community get baptized and find their way home to Jesus. And we have used everything from crunch fitness to lakes, pools, and hot tubs. And man, have y'all been faithful. North Star has been able to give over $1 million to further the mission of Christ, both locally and globally, as well as help those in need in our community. And we've been given the opportunity to walk into local area schools, serving both students and staff, and walk out leaving hope behind. North Star has always been for our community. We've opened our doors to more than 450,000 people in our community for anything, from weddings to funerals to banquets. We have made it a place for the unchurched to come. North Star has been here for people on the best and worst days of their lives. We've seen loved ones go to heaven and we've seen new life found, but a house is not a home without the people. You, yes you, are what makes North Star a home. Yes, the numbers matter, but truly we would not be here without you. Honestly, I wouldn't be here without each of you. Thank you. Ike, um, I remember sitting around your table, Fayetteville, Georgia, dreaming of a church we didn't even know the name for yet. How do you feel when you hear that? What's that make you feel as the guy who took that first step out that we all got to follow in? Overwhelming gratitude. We always had such an intentionality. We knew what we wanted to do. We wanted a church where people who didn't go to church would feel comfortable, and yet people who did grow up going to church would feel the opportunity to be able to grow. We built it around being servant leaders, and it started with our staff. And um, when I look at Mary Michael doing that, that just overwhelms my heart because I've known her all of her life. And uh, I just told Mike, I think I know who your next pastor needs to be. <laughs> I said, don't feed that. Don't, yeah. don't, don't feed that. Don't feed it. But uh, just gratitude, you know, um, a sense of you look back and 25 years have been like a flash. You know, the Bible says life is like a vapor. It's there one moment and then it's gone the next. And those 25 years have flown by. But look at the impact and having you. 
uh, to step into that role to be pastor when the Lord called me from here was absolutely perfect. I used to tell our management team, um, if the proverbial bus ever hits me, you should never look anywhere else for your next pastor. That's the guy that needs to be pastor. And hasn't he done a fabulous job being your pastor? They never officially voted me in, so if we'll keep that off the record, we would appreciate it. Nothing official ever happened. Bylaws are just suggestions the way we think. So Marlon, you, I remember you and I met in 1996 at First Baptist Kennesaw. We met and started working our student mm -hmm. ministry. God called you on staff and you had a dream of a church that made a difference in the community. How do you feel? 450,000 people walk through the doors over a million dollars that's been sown into this community because of your leadership that you stepped out in front. What goes through your mind when you hear that? Well, first of all, when I see Mary Michael, I remember carrying in the crib that she would lay down in at North Cobb High School. So it just blows my mind seeing that. And, but it's overwhelming. As I said, you're humbled. You know, you, you have a vision and, and you just go to work every day and, and and to see what this church continues to do. And, you know, I, I think the thing that I'm, I'm most proud of in anything I've ever done, that the church that I work for is the most loved by the community. Mm. And, the, and the way that we changed that. I mean, you know, you got to go back to 1997. That wasn't always the case, not That's even right. close. You know, I've, I've said many times, my first day was the hardest day I ever had in ministry other than, you know, the bus crash or the fires at uh, Modern Living. But... You know, you just go to work every day. As Ike told us, ministry is a marathon. It's not a wind sprint. And then what this church has done and the way it continues to serve is just mind-boggling. You know, Cynthia, you leaned up when we were singing Shout to the Lord. That was a throwback, all right? And so I hadn't sung that in a minute. That was old school. We were all crying. And you leaned up to Ann and said that was the very first song you ever led at North I was the keyboard player that sang. And um, that's how I kind of started here. Yes, you did. And then this man decided, hey, why don't you lead this at 25? I'd like to say that probably wasn't the wisest choice. <laughs> oh, that's just one among yeah, many. I mean, <laughs> but it was the most amazing choice because it set a path that now I've been doing this and I'm still doing it all those years because you believed in me and said, you can sing something, you can do this. And I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's a lot of the core of North Star, when you say, Mike, is we're here to serve the community. We believe the best in people. We believe that God is for people. And that wasn't just for the church. That's right. That was for us as a team. And I know at 25, a pastor's kid, kind of like really not digging the whole church thing, I was shocked at the investment that you and Mike and Marlon made in a 25-year-old kid. It was really rough around the edges, and you believed in me. You were extraordinary at 25, yeah. young lady. And I'll never forget uh, the first time I heard your name because we had been at your house, Mike. That's right. And we were around the table. And we were talking about what's the one thing that we needed the most. And um, Rick Cobb said, who was leading the worship at that point in time, he said, we're desperate for a keyboard player. We're absolutely desperate. And Jay McAnally said, uh, 
he always loved stop signs because to him, it meant for Jay, stop to offer prayer. And uh, he said, let's pray right now for that. So we prayed. And in those days, I know this will be hard for the younger people in the room, your cell phones actually stayed in your car. Uh, they, were, they were anchored there. So I come out of that meeting and I get my voicemail. And the very first call was this young lady's voice saying, hey, you don't know me, but I've met you. I had preached in her church down in Fort Lauderdale with our good buddy Jack Millwood and, uh, and Charles Billingsley. And she said, uh, my husband and I are moving to the Atlanta area. We can basically live anywhere. I think he was working for Lanier Business Products then and uh, Todd over there. And so she said, uh, I would love to come and play keyboards because I've always wanted to be in a church plant. She said, Call Charles Billingsley and check me out. So I called Charles, and Charles was a part of our early days as well. And I go, Charles, here's this young lady named Cynthia Cullen that called me. She said that you would know her. Do you know her? He, and Charles, being the golden retriever that he is, goes, oh, my gosh. She's only the best keyboard player I've ever seen. She leads, you know, the sounds of liberty from the keyboard. She would be fabulous. And so Cynthia came, and then Rick Cobb and his wife, uh, they were going to the mission field, and that was something that they had planned, and that's when I brought Cynthia in to talk to her. And in those days, you did not have a female worship leader. No. That was very <laughs> taboo. We actually lost people yeah. over that. Of course, a lot more left because of me than they ever did because of you. We were quite the pair. <laughs> we were the pair. But I remember saying to you, and I can't say it exactly the way I said it that day, but I said, no. you know, Cynthia, the deal is if a man is strong in his leadership, he's a leader. But you realize that a strong female leader often gets marginalized and things are said about her. So I've got a question for oh you. Gosh. Can you handle that kind of criticism? She said, I absolutely can. And at 25 years old, she stepped into that role. And my goodness, uh, made all the difference in the world. Rick Cobb was fabulous. The Lord had him here at the right time. Right. Then Cynthia stepping in. So that's part you know, of that story. You know what I love about it is we, we sat around a table dreaming a dream. Because we, we were talking early this morning. We all, you, us three, and a lot of these folks right in here were there the Sunday at Days Inn Conference Center. Literally had no clue. <laughs> it sounds sexy and fun now, but, it, but that day when we walked in that morning, what was going through y'all's mind that very first Sunday at Days Inn? What would you say, Marlon? We, we, people don't realize we didn't do a single mail out. We didn't have any money, and people don't realize we started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I remember that meeting. Do, do we got any money? No. Do we have a place to meet? No. Where are we going to go? We don't know. You know, and we started the church on Ike's American Express, and uh, <laughs> people don't that's know the that. Truth and that's, that's the truth. That's the truth. I think when I think back today, it, 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 when I look back on that now, it trained me for ministry. You know, and I've been sitting there that to do everything that I knew to do humanly possible and to let God be God. That's right. Just do what I could do, set up the chairs, bring in, and, that, and that's what I do nowadays. You know, just set up, do what I can do, and then let God be God. And then 
of course, y'all put me out on the front of the road there on Bear Parkway because everybody knew me because just in case somebody <laughs> would come in and freeze to death. But that's okay. It was a good day. We <laughs> gave him one of those flipping signs that's so right. he could stand yeah, up there and twirl. I, was, I was the original you know, Little Caesars pizza person, you know? You know, it's so funny. So you true. think about that. We didn't know who was going to show up, and 365 people showed up. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And I think of some of the faces that were in that room that are no longer with us. Yeah. People that believed the dream that we didn't even know. You remember the miracle that happened because I had been Newt Gingrich's pastor right. down in Fayetteville where you grew up. And Newt was going to come to our, our first meeting. He's uh, Speaker of the House at that time. He's being interviewed. And a reporter says to him, what are you going to be doing this weekend? And he goes, well, I'm teaching a course up at Ryan Hart College. And he said, and then I'm going to be going to church on Sunday. He said, my former pastor is now, uh, you know, starting a church up here in Cobb. And he looks over at an aide and he goes, what, what's the name of that church? And uh, the guy goes, it's called North Star. And he goes, yeah, North Star Church. Literally, we had press show up that would have never been there. That's right. And, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, we had one of our guys, I, I won't call his name, Bruce Caldwell, uh, <laughs> who was uh, there in the room. And Newt had secret service agents. Who got counted in the number, by the yeah, way, just yeah, to let you know. Just to clarify that. I very important. Twice, yeah, that's you know, right. Their family would have been there. But uh, what was so funny was we hadn't anticipated this crowd. So people are going outside and bringing in pool furniture. This is in January. So people are running out getting, you have people in lounge chairs. It was the most relaxed crowd you've ever seen in your life. And so this one secret service agent guy is standing there, and Bruce Caldwell looks at him and goes, hey, buddy, you want to pitch in and help out? And I'm going, well, oh, Lord, this is going to be a fun day. But uh, for me, that was a scary day. I'd never started a church. You know, I've been fortunate to pastor a church that had a rich legacy there in Fayetteville, Georgia, and Gene Barber over here today as one of those deacons that endured me in those days. And we went from a little country church to the second fastest growing church in America. That's the church that you grew up in there at New Hope. And I've just always been blessed to have great people around me. So I'm sitting, I go into this janitor's closet and the janitor's closet had an outside door. And I'm sitting on a mop bucket, looking out the back door, wondering, is Robin going to come today? <laughs> I, I wonder if Danielle, Abigail, if they'll actually show up. And I'm sitting there looking out that door, just thinking, Lord, this is either going to be the most amazing journey that I've ever been on, or it's going to be something that's called career suicide. <laughs> but the good news was I didn't have much of a career. And so it wasn't going to be that much to kill off. But uh, sitting there that day, just thinking, someone leaned over to me a moment ago and just said, hey, thanks for your vision. Mm. And it, it was a vision. You know, I had a notebook that I'd kept for years. You remember that notebook. And in it I said, if I ever start a church from scratch... If I ever start a church from scratch, what do I want it to look like? It was going to be ministry with no strings attached. It was going to be that we would be known for how much we give rather than how much we ask for. 
It was all of those kinds of things. And so then Marlon added in that we wanted to be the first call for help right. in the community. And we said we're going to become the Ken Nugent of churches. <laughs> um, sorry, Mr. Moore, wherever you're seated in here, Moore and Ingram and, and that crowd. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we wanted to be the first call in the community. Yeah, and it's one thing to have a vision, but it's the one thing to put feet to that. That's right. Oh, yeah. And what North Star has done through the years, and I know for me as a 20-year-old kid, I'd never seen church done this way. And frankly, sometimes I gave him a hard time about it um, because this isn't the way you do church. Right. And you don't do stuff where you don't have an expectation that people do things for you. And I was like, we're going to love these people, and we don't really ever care if they come to our campus. We're going to sure. serve people, That's and right. we don't care. Wait a minute. We just love them. This was, this was yep. like groundbreaking. And, and I, I want to ask, if you are in our crowd today, and we've combined, I know we've got people in our theater too, but if you're in here today and you say, I got saved at North Star, baptized at North Star, or reconnected my faith. I would gotten away from the Lord, but I reconnected my faith at North Star. Would you lift up your hand around this room? It's amazing. It's the picture. And we've got now, you and Todd and Hilton Head, We've got Joseph and Amy Velarde, you'll get to meet here in a second, in Lehigh Valley, Dallas White over in, right over here in Ackworth, Brad Parkhurst right over here in Dallas, Adam Bishop in Montgomery, Steve Bell in Huntsville, Roscoe Lilly in upstate New York that took the dream of North Star and they took it and they're serving their communities and they're loving so well. Today is a special day, but it would not have happened without these guys. So I, I can't think of a better way to close this part. Would you mind praying over our people today and praying over what's left in our future and the days ahead of us? I would if your family would join me up here on stage because um, you don't have a Mike Lynch without an Ann Lynch. You just, you don't. You don't, baby. I still remember when he told me he's got this girl up in West Virginia, you know, <laughs> and he was up playing ball at Liberty, and you guys had met, and y'all have been a team, and you're there with him every step of the way. Um, you know, there's a great book by a gentleman named Egelrich that is called Love and Respect, and the whole theory behind Love and Respect is that if a woman respects her husband, that it makes all the difference in the world. And that husband loves his wife. And y'all have been the picture of that. And how cool it must be for you to look over there and see Casey. I, I love Casey. The only thing that irritates me is he's so doggone good looking. And uh, you know, Casey, if your dad would have had your height, he'd still be pitching today. That's the daggum truth. That is the daggum truth. <laughs> that was said earlier in the green room, and I watched Casey rolling his eyes like, oh, here we go again, right? And then uh, to see Casey, to see Mary Michael, I mean, Mike, that is so incredible. And then to see your husband back there. When we were sitting there earlier, Marlon said something when we were out here early this morning. He said, uh, yeah, I saw your son-in-law, Mike. And both Cynthia and I did a little joke because we're like, Mary Michael's only eight. And she should not be married at this point. We're not from Alabama. But uh, I'm playing if you're from Alabama, all right? Go dogs! But uh, <laughs> boy, hey, I know. Killing me, man. Killing me. I know. I know. 
you don't believe this man believes in miracles? He is a Georgia Tech fan. <laughs> that man believes in miracles. But uh, guys, you make it go. Kelsey, it was such a joy to get to meet you today. Kelsey's always been my little pick right there on that broadcast team. She's an amazing young lady. Your family is influential. God has placed you in this community, and you've, uh, you've rightly handled the full cup that God gave you because you started out with some mighty fine parents, and you, young lady, had as wonderful a parents as you could ever meet and ever know. And y'all are just, uh, God puts you together, and this is your result. So let's pray. Lord, I love people. I sure love watching them grow up like Mike Lynch. And who would have ever thought that little 10-year-old toehead kid running around New Hope would end up becoming one of my very best friends, one of my greatest encouragers, one of those people that you watch grow up and you go, Lord, I wished I would have invested even more in him. He's just that kind of man. The beauty is this church has never missed a beat when you called me somewhere else. Never missed a beat. As a matter of fact, it picked up some steps. That's because he had a wife that believed in him. That's because she was willing to sacrifice. And I thank you for them. I thank you for Marlon and for Cynthia and for all those that were a part of that first team that were willing to step out. Seven of us stepped out. Donna, Monroe then, Patellas now. That team stepped out into the unknown. And thank you, God, for American Express. Thank you that there was never a late bill on American Express. Honestly, Lord, what you've done here is miraculous. Thank you for the changed lives in this room, Father. We love you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Would you thank Ike and Marlon, Cynthia, these guys? I love you, boss. Mm. know, I, I think back, and that, number one, I did not expect that. Um, I think back over these 25 years, and there's one word that's our 25-year word, and it's faithful. God has been faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, we've gathered in this room on some dark days. We've walked in here when the rug got pulled out. We lived through 9-11 together. I was thinking about this. When this church started, there was no 9-11. It didn't exist. That, that whole Aura. We've watched the stock market crash. We've watched this church go through a very, very dark season. We've watched all kinds of things, but God has been faithful and you've been faithful. So the question isn't where have we been? The question is where are we going? So if all we did was join here today to gather up and to, to look back, it'd be a great history lesson. 
but I think God's got so much more. So if you've got your Bible today, and really quick, I should have you out before one. It shouldn't be late. A lot of the Falcons, you, they don't play till 425. You should be good. But if there's one thing I want us to get for these next 25, we sat and began planning the service back in August in my house. Brian Dodd sitting over here was a part of that and part of a retreat getting all this ready. You know, you, you, you think about it, and I thought, you know, at the next 25, I'll be 77. I won't, may not be here like I am now. So what do we want to be about? As many people as raised their hands a few minutes ago of saying, yes, I reconnected my faith with Christ. I was baptized there. There's that many sitting outside these doors right now that are depending on you. I look at this crew of people right here. They believed in something that they couldn't see. It was just an idea. It was just on paper. It was called a prospectus, and we passed it out. We'd say, this is what it's about. We gathered, and next service there'll be a gentleman here that hosted a lasagna spaghetti dinner at a, country, at a uh, clubhouse to tell this story. We didn't even know what it would look like yet, but this passage has been the heart. So there's three questions. So if you got your app this morning, we're gonna hit these really quick. Three questions we've gotta ask. Number one, am I loving God? If we were to look on the dashboard of our lives we have to ask the question, am I loving God? Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew, or in Mark chapter 12. Listen to what he said, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked the question, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus replied, and his, his reply is phenomenal. Everybody look at me real quick. This was never meant to be complicated. See, in church, we do a real good job making things complicated because we gotta keep people coming back. This isn't meant to be complicated. He needed his disciples to get it. He needed these guys that were fishermen and tax collectors and zealots. He needed them to get it because he knew in a very short time, he was gone and they were gonna be in charge. And so he lays out for them a mission and he lays out for us the same mission. Jesus replied and he said that the most important commandment is this, listen O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord and you must, you must, whether you're an accountant, a doctor, in sales, in business, a coach, doesn't, there's no qualifier, you must, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all, all your strength. He said it, it ought to consume you. When you get out of bed in the morning, it should be the first thing on your mind. When your head hits the pillow at night, the last thing you think about. Am I loving God? It's a gauge on my dashboard. Because listen, I'll just be really honest. If you're regular here at North Star, you know this. I do a lot better job at loving myself than I do the Lord sometimes, right? I take care of my needs, my wants, my desires. Am I loving God? Because I'm telling you, as we live out this journey, everything will battle against you having God have all of you. The easiest thing is to give him a little bit of you, a little part of you. No, 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 no. He says, 
that we love him with everything we've got. We're all in with the Lord. We're, there's nothing left of us. He has consumed us. He knew the disciples wouldn't make it if they didn't go through that. So here's the gauge. Am I holding anything back from God or am I obeying fully? Paul, Paul said it this way. Am I poured out as a drink offering? Not have I dripped out, not have I oozed out, but have I poured out every day. See, here's the deal. We gather in here once a week. Monday to Saturday is where the difference is made. And we will never make a difference if he doesn't have all of us. I have never met a person who regretted giving all of themselves to the Lord, but I've met a lot of people that regretted that didn't. Am I loving God? Number two, ready? Am I loving others? It's the foundation of this church. That's why I wanted those three on the stage. Am I loving other people? It's a question. Not should I? Yes. Can I? Yes. Am I loving other people? Is every day when I get up, is my life about me or is my life about others? And we say this at North Star all the time. The greatest sign of spiritual maturity in your life is others. Greatest sign. If your life is about others, you're most likely growing in the Lord. If your life is about yourself, you are missing a piece of the puzzle. And this is not meant to be complicated. This isn't meant to be hard. Am I loving others? Love your neighbor. Look at what it says. Love your neighbor as who? Yourself. I get consumed by Mike. But what if every day I got up and the first thought of my day was somebody else other than me? It changed everything. You sit in this room because in 1996, a group of people knew it wasn't about them. They knew it was about you. And they served you till you ask why. And they kept coming and they kept going. Am I loving it? It's a, it's a, it's, it's a light on the dashboard. And listen, here's the, here's the hardest part. It's not a one-time deal. Well, I did it right that time. Well, I, no, no, no. It is a daily thing we got to keep coming back to. Am I loving others? Not should I. Am I? Am I loving other people? So here's the gauge. What am I doing that'll make a difference in somebody's life for eternity? Ladies and gentlemen, eternity's real. Eternity's real. And God knows who needs to know him and he sent you in their path. You do business with them. You live next to them. They're a client. They're a friend. And what you don't know is somebody out there is praying for them. Final question of the day. Am I living sent? That's the question. Am I living sent? Here's, here's, here's what you can write in. Do, does how I live matter? Does how I live matter? Live sent. You're gonna hear it to ad nauseum. We're gonna be all about loving God and we're gonna be all about loving people and we're all gonna be about living sent. And what would happen 
if an army of people, listen, I watched, this is crazy, about 25 people gather on their knees in the den of a home in Marietta Country Club and pray for you. They just didn't know who you were yet. How many of you were not even born in 1997? Raise your hand. That makes me nauseous, but all right, I'll go with it. It does make me sad. You were prayed for. I remember one of the original guys on our management team. This is what he said. I'll never forget it. How can you put a price tag on a person's soul? Never forget it. You were worth everything to them. Barbara Ward, who's a matriarch here at North Star, Val and Lin Long, they got it. They got it. They got it. And they lived sin. Everybody look at me for you because they thought your soul was worth it. They thought you were worth it. There's a couple sitting right here in the middle that took care of Casey. Ann was working at the time. Mary Michael was not born. And I remember how many days I'd go and drop Casey off at their house. And they would take him in and she would love on him. I remember standing in their kitchen in October of 1996 saying, I think I'm about to make a big step and we're gonna start a church. That's crazy. I, mean, crazy. I couldn't even believe I was uttering these words. I loved where I was, but I knew God had something else. We didn't have a lot of money. We'd write that check every week to them. We started North Star in January and stopped working in March when Mary Michael was born. And I remember going to pick Casey up that day going, hey, Ann's gonna be home now. And this precious couple, Gary and Pam Rogers, said, here's all the checks. They never cashed any of them, which meant we never balanced anything. But anyways, that's a, that's a, that's a financial problem that, that Ann and I've had, all right. You know what they did? They lived sent. They lived sent. And they did it by taking care of our son. They lived sent. If I could say one thing we did better then than we do now, everybody then got it. Because you only survive by people living out the dream.